0: Welcome to Beyond Beckdale, the podcast about film and feminism. I'm your host, Contrera. 70 of the podcast. This episode in many ways deals with classic beyond Beckdale material. Nick and myself discuss three revered classic films through the use of a 2021 lens to see how some ideas that we now think are unacceptable were completely okay and at times praised 70 and even 50 years ago. A couple of trigger warnings first. We're going to be discussing the casual way in which young female characters believe they have little agency in their lives and bodies and that the only way to escape poverty or social stigma was for them to marry a man or provide sex to a man or men, often aided and encouraged by family members. The films often deal with this in a frivolous manner that can be quite jarring. Secondly, all the way through this episode, we use the word prostitution and we rarely speak about sex work. In recent times, charities have sought to destigmatise prostitution, moving it away from being seen as a dirty criminal activity to another form of work, albeit one that many women turn to because of their individual circumstances and lack of choice. All three of these films attempt to blur the clear notion that the girls are being forced so I'm happy to use the word prostitution in a valid historical context. Also I struggle with using the term sex work because I can see how this term can be used to gloss over something which for many people goes far beyond a job but that's my personal opinion only. Thanks for listening to all of that and here's our chat about movies. I hope you do enjoy it. Hi, Nick. How are you? I'm good. What have you been watching recently? Films. Would you like to tell us what films?
1: Which films have I been watching? Uh, quite a lot. Quite a lot of different
0: ones. What springs to mind? I'm uh, trying to give us like some banter some before banter we get into we it. Because normally yeah. I just say, right, this is what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Discuss it now.
1: Um, and I'm
0: like, want to be a good podcast host?
1: Been watching uh, Errol Flynn and Olivia de Havilland films, right. a, few, a few of those. Uh, for any more...
0: particular reason? Uh, no, not really.
1: They just made about, I don't know, eight or nine films together, and I thought I'd... I hadn't really seen many of them, so I thought I'd have a go at them.
0: Do you know why they made eight or nine films? Oh, together? I think it was
1: just common for yeah. Hollywood to pair um, a man and a woman in those days, and they, they went on and did various films. Um, you yeah, know, yeah, it seems to work. I'm not saying that they're the greatest quality film, or mm. well, some of them are, depends on you.
0: So, when are we talking? The 40s, the 50s? Uh,
1: late. Mid thirties oh. to early forties, really. So actually, quite early. Probably up to the point where Earl Flynn had his lawsuit problem.
0: What was his lawsuit problem? Uh, I don't
1: remember exactly what the details were, but um, yeah, he got into legal trouble of some description.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, I don't know what it I was. I wish a do research. Know what the case,
1: don't know what the <laughs> case was exactly. I just, I just, but, but anyway, he's, his, his he followed the law. His the career law was one. reputationally damaged, shall right? We say. And uh, he never really recovered his well, career. Was
0: it because he was a peeping tom? Well, he was he? Definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I remember that about um, him. Well, uh, moving away from that, uh, although it might be relevant to this podcast, uh, do you have a, a favorite pairing ooh, film of the pair ooh, of them?
1: Good question. Uh, I quite like Dodge City, the western.
0: Yeah. Is that where we get the get the hell out of Dodge from? I don't know
1: if it was... That
0: must be where the phrase comes from. That's a good question. I, I don't know,
1: actually. Um, I'm here to ask I, the I not It's a really nice, beautiful, technicolour film, though. Um, okay. And it's one of the films which kind of relaunched the Westerns into the 1940s, along with... Um, Deathly Rides again, and Stagecoach.
0: Yeah, okay. And how much of a role does Olivia de Havilland? Not is? bad. <laughs> it's not
1: bad. It's not the greatest. <laughs> Relatively she, speaking. She, she's always a little bit kind of Errol Flynn's sidekick. It has yeah. to be said. She's a bit. I suppose The Adventures of Robin Hood, where she gets to play Maid Marian, is, is a bit more like it. Um, but um, yeah, m- m- more than most. I what she has more of a role in that than she has in some
0: films. I'm trying to work out if that's good or not, or is the bar so <laughs> low?
1: Yeah, well, and then then we watched Santa Fe Trail a while back, which is another one of it, and um, with its dodgy sort of racial messaging. Um, And her her role in that is, I'd say, significantly less uh, than it was in Dodge City.
0: Um, Yeah, I think she's there because people know her face and she gets on the poster, and it seems to me with a lot of these films that she's in 10% of the... Movie. it's probably
1: more than ten percent but okay. it, it's not hmm. she's not the you know she's not the the main star shall we shall we say i think her career definitely took off at least critically after she left that partnership with Errol Flynn. She was able to do a little oh, bit more.
0: So Peeping Tom goes yeah, away yeah. and then she shines. Well, she was able to it's do... It's a happy ending. Well, she was able to do like
1: <laughs> Hold Back the Dawn and stuff like that later on. Um, but, but you know, as a st- she was so young as well when she started. Like 1935, I think, was the first one, Captain Blood. And she was, I think she was like 21 or something. She was yeah. really young. Um, yeah. So.
0: And then... Is it her who's still alive? Or did she just she recently die? She died recently. Died, but she was, in, she was 105 or something. Yeah,
1: well, she was in, I think she was 100. Um, 100 l- l- last year or a year before. she was. Yeah. She's regarded as the last of the classic Hollywood stars um, who've died. Yeah. Um, oh,
0: okay. Well, thank, there we are. Thanks for that. That sort of leads little, in A little
1: sort of, you know, yeah. of tangential uh, point into Olivia de Havilland and Errol Flynn.
0: ask me what I've been watching.
1: I could. Should I? Go on then. What have you been watching? Low key. <laughs> that's not. That doesn't count. That's, that's not even a film.
0: This is a podcast. Well, I do say it's a podcast about film and fe- feminism, but it's also about TV. Okay. It's got quite a few women in it, but they're not really the stars. It's a little bit of the old uh, Errol Flynn effect. Because really, it's about Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson so far. And is it good? But I love Loki. Yes, it's brilliant. I like all the Marvel TV shows, Mm. though. And this is, it is directed by, all the episodes are directed by Kate Herron, so that's quite exciting. A woman, but written, screenwriters, a man. Um, But yeah, that's good. I'm just trying to think, am I even watching anything else? I'm struggling. I was watching Mayor of East Town, which I absolutely loved. I'm quite keen on these week to week shows now. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I in, I don't want to binge watch something because I realise, well, the good thing about binge watching is you can watch it again. Uh, but these week to week I get excited I do lots of theorising I was listening to another podcast and one of the guys on the podcast said something which made me like gasp out loud while I was walking down the street listening to it where he said I don't know why people watch these shows to be detectives that's not the point of TV shows and I'm like excuse me that is the point of every single TV show I watch is that I like the mystery box shows how can you
1: tell someone what the point of a TV
0: show is so, well I, I don't think he was saying I, you know I might be misquoting the way he was saying it but he was basically insinuating that people care too much about trying to work out the mystery and show so in mayor of east town obviously it was who was the murderer and that was obviously a detective show and then in marvel shows it's all because of the mcu where now everything feeds into everything else and you yeah. know there's a hidden character and all started with wandavision i'm, I'm guessing and by yeah. the way we did a previous episode of wandavision where i got i'd say about 50 percent of things right it was halfway through i made some guesses about what yes. i thought was going to happen not all of them came true but i still enjoyed the detective work And people listen to that show, so someone must be interested. After we've had some nice banter... good
1: intro banter. Yeah,
0: we can move into the serious issue of this podcast, which is sometimes I'll find when I'm watching films or TVs, there's a confluence of uh, attitude or subject matter, and I see a link between films. And that's what happened to me recently and i know you've seen you've also watched the film some of them we watched together um and i thought that this was something that i hadn't heard discussed and i kind of wanted to get your take on whether you were as like flabbergasted as i was when i saw some of these films so uh i basically i want to talk about two of the most famous films of actress leslie Caron's. Korea mm-hmm. which are Gigi and Fanny great names it means we get to say the word Fanny a lot on this podcast so you know that'll get people in <laughs> you can say it now if you want Fanny yeah um, and also I want to compare that to uh, Jodie Foster's role within Taxi Driver because there aren't that many films about what I'm calling the happy prostitute myth
2: someday each and every one of them Either be married or unmarried. How adorable they are. Each time I see a little girl of five or six or seven, I can't resist a joyous urge to smile and say thank heaven.
0: For The Uninitiated, which was me and you fairly recently, let's talk about Gigi first, because that's the first film here chronologically. Um, So Leslie Caron is a french actress i get confused about her english and french heritage i think she's french yeah leslie Karen is french american she was born in paris so i would say french now i suppose it's important to explain or attempt to explain the plot of Gigi, so i can put it in context for my happy prostitute discussion forgive me Uh, If I uh, fail to mention anything This is my summary of the plot of Gigi It is a musical It is set in France In the Belle Epoque Which I believe is the start of the 20th century Is that right? sounds about right Yeah, so 1900, let's say The film concerns An older playboy Played by Maurice Chevalier More on him later And a younger playboy Played by Louis Jourdan, and and their romantic dalliances. Uh, the younger Playboy is called Gaston, so for Beauty and the Beast lovers, mm. people can remember that. Gaston has got lots of money and he's very good looking and he's very impressive, but he's bored with his life. And he has a number of girlfriends who are basically courtesans. And he mostly likes spending his time with an older woman and her daughter, who's called Gigi, who's played by Leslie Caron. And if I remember rightly, Caron in the role is about 28, I think, in real life, but is playing a girl who's what? 15? Yeah, 14?
1: she's mid teens, isn't it? Yeah,
0: but I would say I didn't feel like she's like a 16 year old that we would call a 16 year old now. She's dressed in like sailor outfits and.
1: Well, yeah.
0: She starts with she's in these younger clothes. She's not like not supposed to be under ten, but I feel like she's young of mind, teenager. Okay. You're not agreeing. No,
1: I I think I think so. Um, I think she's um sort of reaching that point in in life where she is expecting to boys. Yeah, or or, or you know that they're, they're wanting to pair her off with somebody. Well,
0: yes. Let's go to that bit then. So, what's interesting about the plot of this film is her mother and her mother's sister decide that they're going to groom her to become a courtesan because I think the impression is, is if you're not of the right class or you're not wealthy enough and you live in Paris in this uh, time in French history, the only way you can get on is to become a mistress of a wealthy man. That's certainly the insinuation. No one's like, Becoming a cleaner or a barmaid or anything. Yeah, I they?
1: think that condition had existed in aristocratic society, in not yeah. just in France, but all over Europe really for hundreds of years, really.
0: And yeah, but I don't really understand the type of person who is affected by this. Because there's a class issue where it seems to me that Gigi is like taken to all these lessons to become this um well educated woman, but also so she can be put up in a nice apartment and sleeps with the guy who is her, I don't know, what would you call the relationship? It's not pimp because there's not anything else. Buddy? <laughs> I don't Sex know. buddy. Um, so yeah, so her aunt who was a famous courtesan and is now probably, I don't know, in her 60s or something, is yeah. basically like live this luxurious life but being at the beck and call of all these very wealthy royalty and rich men so gaston and gigi have like this pleasant friendly relationship and then she starts to think that she might be in love with him um but she wants to become this courtesan so she's thinking oh i could become gaston's mistress and she's very much egged on by her mother and her aunt um and then gaston starts to see her in a new light as she's growing as a woman and then he kind of gets these confusing feelings and all of this is played to a soundtrack of songs including Thank Heavens for Little Girls which is what Mm. Maurice Belier is quite famous for and sings in the song and it's like little girls get bigger every day (laughs) and I'm pretty sure when I was at school when I was at primary school I was involved in singing and dancing at this number at like nine, and I'm now thinking, wow, look at the irony there. Um, uh, So she starts to become more sophisticated and Gaston doesn't like that because he sort of wants to keep Gigi in this role of being this kind of childhood friend. It's very strange. It's like he likes her and he wants to spend time with her, but he kind of wants to dissociate her from sexual feelings. Does that sound right?
1: she's not really part of or she she at least doesn't quite fit in with the aristocratic culture
0: yes and uh,
1: that's kind of what attracts him to her yeah um so the more and if she in a way if he if he ends up with her there's there's a chance that that chemistry that thing that very thing he likes will evaporate i think
0: yeah, but that already sounds weird when you say it, so we'll get to that. Um, and then kind of, uh, I don't know if there's spoilers for the plot, we've kind of gone a little bit of the way through. I don't think you can really spoil it in the sense that when it's a musical, you kind of enjoy the spectacle but basically she becomes more sophisticated he realizes that he's got confusing feelings for her because he think he might love her as well but he loves her because she's different like you said to all the glamorous courtesans who uh, you know have deportment and act in a certain way and then she kind of gets foisted in some kind of weird financial relationship by her mother onto him as his mistress and then Gigi and Gaston both realize that they actually want to have a more traditional love and then they want to get married and live happily ever after. Yeah, all all
1: interspersed with some very memorable songs.
0: Yeah, Uh, and weirdness with uh, Chevalier's character as well because he once dated the aunt Mm -hmm. and so they have a kind of That's I Remember It Well, which is also quite a famous song. I don't know if anyone's listening to this whether you feel the same way as I did when I was first watching this, which was like intrigued by how beautiful the film is and particularly by how gorgeous Leslie Caron is and disgusted (laughs) by the way that this life is considered something to be cultivated when basically it's child prostitution forced child prostitution
1: by modern standards yes but possibly not at the time
0: so yeah, but that's that's when we just say people were losers 120 years <laughs> ago because it's not right. Um it's what did you think of the film?
1: Um it is a very beautiful film shot in Technicolor um with some gorgeous deep reds and greens mm. going on. Lovely colors. Um, yeah. Um the songs I mean I think the the key with any musical is it has to have memorable songs which it does absolutely um that aside i i don't know i i it's one of these situations where i i don't think the plot is all of that all that intriguing there's not that much to it really i mean you're really watching it for for its spectacle and and i don't think a lot more um i i i don't think it's aged all that well i mean i, I think it looks beautiful um but i i i don't you know i, I I think the moral messaging in it, as you know, as we're about to discuss, but also just the plot in general is just slightly lacking. Um, I'm I'm not sure you'd get away with such a simplistic idea these days.
0: The bit I enjoyed the most was when they talked about the Autolon bird, oh, yeah, right. which was this this fascinating concept. And I did some like googling afterwards because I was I was really like into whether this was true or not. But it's about this bird that's now. Is it actually extinct? It's certainly endangered. I actually think it's not extinct because I think people in New York have been secretly eating it in the last 10 years. But basically it's a delicacy, a French delicacy, which is a very small bird, a bit gamey and and it has very fine bones and you at swanky soirees you eat the entire thing including crunching the bones mm-hmm. um sounds, and I, sounds lovely doesn't it well i've made it sound more disgusting than it actually is um or actually looked in the film i was i was just riveted by this thing that i hadn't heard of like what are the foodstuffs are there that <laughs> used to be things that people were into and now we don't hear about because it would they people were just killing these poor birds to eat
1: well deep fried dodo was a <laughs>
0: Is it the dodo or is it the mock turtle? Which is the one that was so delicious? Tortoises, that,
1: giant tortoises. Giant
0: tortoises, yeah. Um, and you get the impression with that as well. So I, I like that kind of moment in time where there was a whole scene devoted to eating this one delicacy and how <laughs> one should eat it. Um, you I'm might,
1: not, by the way, you might still have been able to eat it in the 1950s when this film was made. I don't yeah, you know?
0: so, yeah I, th- I think it yeah. probably wasn't... But, but but the reason yeah but the reason why it's been outlaw outlawed is because of, uh, of how rare the birds become. <laughs> yeah. It's not because people were like, oh, isn't this horrible? You know, to this day we eat meat. So you know
1: they were sat around going, you know what have we been doing for the last two hundred years? This yeah. thing is
0: disgusting. You know what? If we take the bones out, of it yeah. suddenly it's, it's morally so okay. <laughs> yeah, but um, that was fascinating. Yeah, so uh, let's obviously go back to the key issue here then, which is about the the weird morality that's the centre of this film. Did you notice it while you were watching it? Did it in any way give I, you discomfort? Well, I think
1: the problem you've got is measured against current mo- morality standards. Mm-hmm. Um, and bearing in mind you've got a film here made in the, made in the late 50s, based on a musical from probably, a, what, about three or four years before that, yeah. and set at turn of the turn of the 20th century. Yeah um it's gonna have moral messaging in there it's gonna jar with you because because it's different you're also looking at a society there an aristocratic society that doesn't exist anymore a, a way of life that doesn't exist anymore so is it comfortable is it uncomfortable to watch yes purely because you watch it and think wow is this what people really did 120 mm. years ago um but
0: you know i I think it's okay, and I know you take this stand a lot because I think you have a more objective viewpoint than I have on this type of issue when there's something that I find really upsetting um it doesn't matter to me that it's set in a different time, and I'm supposed to put myself in that position. But I think you get to be a lot more objective, but the question I'm raising now is in nineteen fifty eight or fifty seven when this was made like was that okay to be on film? It must have been. And that's now we're talking, uh, you know, 70 odd years ago. Not, you know, there are. I not don't know. I don't
1: know. I don't think it would have been entirely okay,
0: yeah.
1: for one. Um, I, I think it was probably more okay in 1958 than it would be concede, um, considered now. Um, you're also, again, looking at a fairly obsolete society at that point. Uh, it, it was a, a, a window into the past so it, it probably was more more uh, how can I put this it probably was was, was less more,
0: unacceptable yeah
1: uh, <laughs> uh, but but I'm not gonna sit there and say that 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 it, by the standards of 1958 it would have been but but you know then again it, it went best film so
0: that's another thing we should mention as well all three films that we're talking about today part of the reason why we both watched them is because they were lauded mm. at the at the time that they that they all came out so I would say, and we could call this my favourite thing I'd like to bring, bring up in the podcast, but if you're playing a drinking game, drink now, the Joker effect, which is where something is very well done but has a controversial viewpoint and that kind of gets lost in the sea of awards and plaudits. wasn't really lost with Joker because people came out and hated Joker, but um, it, it, it was crazy to me when I watched this film how it kind of okays paedophilia Um, Uh, and it won Best Picture. Well,
1: again, judged by the standards of 2021, yeah. Not necessarily by the standards of 1900, though.
0: Yes, but the film is in nineteen fifty eight. It won the Oscar in nineteen fifty eight. Yeah, I don't know what it was like. And there's nothing in that film that suggests it's saying it's bad. Um, I think that's a very important distinction to make. Is yeah. that I don't believe that the uh, who was the director? I forgot. Vincent <laughs> Minnelli. Oh yeah, Vincent Minnelli. Um I do not believe his eye suggested he was looking critically at this. I think he was adapting a musical. And yeah. that he was, he did, in no way was he making any social commentary. Yeah, I don't think he was either. Yeah. Um,
1: it's just not his style to really do that. Um, I don't know how it would have been received in 1958 anyway, in terms of morality of it. I don't know. Um, different, different to now, probably. But I bloody hope so. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, the fact that it gets flooded with loads of, you know, awards and praise kind of makes you think probably people didn't really care.
0: Or or worse, what I'm worried about is that people thought it was acceptable because they were looking at this idea, which is a bit pretty woman, which is the trade of sex for money or financial security or other security was okay. Do you see what I mean? It's like the, 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 you know, there's. I don't want to get into too much detail about sex work versus prostitution and whether prostitution is forced. There's a lot of competing theories going on at the moment about what's acceptable, what isn't, what's the right way to refer to something. But ultimately, the film skirts around the edges of the idea that this young woman would definitely be having sex for money. Mm. It's about deportment, like I said earlier, and beauty. Yeah. Um and yeah, and basically sex. In a way, it was done in a 1958 way, Mm. which is, it's hinted at, she's not like, she's actually like, it's very strange, Um, she usually doesn't wear any revealing outfits, she's got beautiful dresses on at the end, but there's no like, tits out or anything, because she's very much portrayed as a schoolgirl. Well,
1: yeah, you wouldn't have got away with that in 1958 anyway, because of the the, 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 production code, code. And and even so, that wouldn't have been necessarily the what you would have expected of a film set in 1900 or whatever it is anyway, um, when people didn't even show their ankles, so God forbid.
0: True, but there's this weird dichotomy, isn't it? Because you're not showing anything, but basically something is going on behind closed doors Mm. that at at no point does Gigi complain. Her issue, the key issue in the film for Gigi is that she wants to be seen to be in love and she wants to be loved back. But it's not put across in a way which is, I don't want to be a prostitute. It's almost like an ego thing. She's like, I want to be better than everybody else. I want you to be with me for love. But there's no discernment between what kind of sex lives they're going to have if they're married or if they're a mistress. It's all to do with what society thinks of her.
1: Yes, which is a be, public
0: opinion. Yeah, which
1: is a classic thing that you will see repeated and shown time and time again in any film set pre nineteen sixty. In any, in any kind of society, it doesn't matter whether it's aristocracy or yeah, you know, uh, working class or kitchen sink films. The bottom line is what people think of you was a critical factor yeah. in all of these films. But it's
0: so crazy because. Being married, she's going to still be expected to put out. Uh, To me, it doesn't (laughs) feel like there's much difference except what you call it.
1: Well, yeah. Do
0: do, do you see what I mean? Or, like, there was nothing that suggested she wouldn't be having sex because now they're in love because, if that was the case, the film wouldn't have a happy ending because he would go and find another mistress to fulfil his sexual needs. Well,
1: I think the problem you have with all these, this kind of concept, is it's very alien to a modern audience that you would, um, you know, in general, modern society, certainly in Western societies, you you meet someone, you go on a date with them, and and you, I don't know, you might... uh,
0: Shag them on the first date. Well,
1: you might do, but you you might... Touch them in the face. But, you know, it's a a getting-to-know-you process that that you kind of fall in love over a period of time. um, Yes. and And you get sort of increasingly intimate over it. I think where I struggle, where I think it's very alien to a modern audience, is you. You basically these two people effectively remain very much at a distance until they are officially married, and and then it's exactly more
0: of a Pride and Prejudice. Yeah,
1: and then it. exactly what happens? God only knows, because neither of them was knows exactly what they're doing.
0: But the difference between a Pride and Prejudice type thing and that kind of, and that's a lot of that's a few centuries earlier, isn't it? Um, uh, and this is that sex is in the air in this film. Do you you know what I mean? It's very much like the other courtesan that Gaston has, and she's found out in the film to be cheating on him with a dance instructor, which is like straight out of the cliche book. Was probably invented in Gigi. Um, It like she is all about sexual magnetism, and she's Mm. very much a woman in the way that um, Gigi is a girl, and she is unvarnished. And this kind of that there's this really. It's almost like memoirs of a geisha kind of thing where you can get taught to walk more sexy or dress more sexy, wear more makeup, mm. be more um, uh, like knowledgeable about the world and be, uh, act in the right way in society. It's really patriarchal. But also for the women involved or the girls looking at this, it's very aspirational. Mm. You could say it still applies today when someone sees an influencer who's like in their gym gear you know looking beautiful and their perfect house doing 10 sit ups when their baby comes to sit on their lap or something it's it's it does this gigi does this thing in the film where it completely glamorizes the selling of your body and the lack of having original thought or anything because there's a big thing about how you have to be the right thing and have like do you remember if there's like the right fork she uses and which way to pour his drink and... yeah yeah it's it's a
1: it's a it's a lesson in how to get along, get into, or how to be part of the aristocracy in that particular period. But I don't I mean, think
0: you see the men having to behave in a certain way. Oh, no, way. because it
1: is a very patriarchal yeah. society. Yeah. Um, so the, the women... But I have
0: less of a problem with that than I do with the prostitution well, part yeah. of it. I'm more accepting of the fact that it was much more I mean, I mean, they had the money. I mean,
1: it's certainly in the, you know, in the aristocracy of that period, it would have been a case of women wouldn't have worked at all. That, that yes. their, their, their sole purpose was to basically yeah. find a man and get married and, and, and live a life like that. Um, which, again, is, is an alien concept to, to most modern audiences.
0: Do you think, though, right, maybe I'm wrong, but, and again, it's a class system thing, but, but Gigi the film does nothing for suggesting that women could have jobs. I agree with you. But I wonder how realistic that is. If you compare it to other, like, I don't know, to... Uh, uh, a film like my fair lady, and I don't know exactly when that's set, but i feel i feel like earlier or a yeah, similar time, not sure, not but in sure. london, you know there's ideas of people being you know, shop owners and and things like that i i, I just um she, she, the film makes you believe that that what you just said that's the only option, and I don't a hundred percent know if that's well, true
1: no, no is it, well it maybe it is maybe it's not i i don't, i can't sort yeah. of swear to the the total historical realism of that um but (laughs) but what you do in these films you juxtapose a slightly more modern way of thinking about it so you say you say well Gigi wants to be different she wants to marry for love she wants to read books and be intelligent it's that kind of thing and that that resonates with a modern audience of course
0: so you think that's so you think Okay, this is making me like it a bit better. Gigi is the epitome of the 1958
1: well, audience. I, 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 yes, I, certainly closer to it. Yeah. It's a bit like, I mean, look, I'm, as we're talking about Gaston, it's a bit like in, in the.
0: In Beauty and the Beast!
1: In, in Beauty and the Beast, the Disney <laughs> version. What does Belle do? She wants to read books. And, and yes. Gaston is all like, no, you have to be my wife. But because the modern audience yes. identifies with Belle, not with Gaston.
0: Yes, in both of those films, (laughs) reading a book. Oh, my God, how dare you educate yourself, woman.
2: Yeah. Besides, they are married. But I don't think you would understand. Oh, yes, Aunt, I understand. We don't marry, is that it? Marriage is not forbidden to us. But instead of getting married at once, it sometimes happens we get married at last. Well, enough. We must finish lunch and get on with your lessons. Now, oh, go on, go on, go on, go on. Without knowledge of jewellery, my dear Gigi, a woman is lost
0: we were having too much fun then. Let's swing back to the paedophilia aspect. So, we know, and I'm guessing 1958 audiences knew, that Leslie Caron was so much older in real life than what she was playing. Would they have known that? I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe <laughs> Maybe they wanted to keep it in a Judy Garland kind of way, keep, keep her young.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. maybe, but it's
0: not... I
1: mean, they didn't have Wikipedia in those days. I'm not quite sure how they'd have known.
0: This is so not making me feel any better. Okay, I was hoping that people were more acceptable they per... would have known
1: they would have assumed she was over 8 to because 18 because
0: it, it, that something within the code uh, I don't know it's it really be, with, I, is I, I, it? I don't
1: know it's, I think there's just a long standing um, kind of expectation from uh, film watchers that whoever's they can playing be young, but whoever, not too young. Whoever's playing a role yeah. If they're playing the role of a 18 year old they're usually 25 right.
0: and, you know just, okay. that's the way it
1: kind of works out but
0: she is playing a teenager and she looks so young. And and at the beginning of the film, she's doing schoolwork and or whatever. Um, and she goes and plays. She This idea that Gaston falls in love with this. Um, in my mind, I keep wanting to say wild. And it's not wild. It's just like everything is so structured and tamed as a courtesan. Yeah. That, in fact, having any degree of free thinking makes her seem like oh, wild and crazy you know it's almost like (laughs) she's not one of she's one of the cool girls she's not one of those regimented knows how to pour the tea (laughs) properly girls but it it is glamorising a a a 30 year old man I don't know he's been a playboy for a while or whatever a man yeah a man falling in love and wanting to spend time with and eventually developing sexual reasons towards a child
1: yeah um one thing i'd say about that is if she were if she was say 20 and he was
0: 40, 40
1: that would be perfectly acceptable even in the 1950s that would be well, we'll, acceptable well we'll we'll
0: get onto that question again when we get to Fanny but mm. carry on um yeah.
1: just because it took it it usually took a while for someone to accumulate wealth and 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 that made them attractive to very young girls well but you know let's let's say a girl who's 20
0: when you say attractive though i think we need to discern two different things there as in this feels like someone who could look after me so i don't starve on the streets whereas i would say we we sometimes use the word attractive now to very much talk about like a, a lustful yeah well theme. no one's saying women are not getting they're not they are not allowed in this type of movie to find someone sexually attractive. And financially yeah. attractive because, like you just said, most of those people don't have the
3: yeah. um, money,
0: or they don't want to tie themselves down. I'm sure well, they say yeah, that. Yeah, possibly, but,
1: but there's yeah. also a, a degree of time required to sort of yeah. make your fortune, as it were, and yeah. and and then, and only then do you sort of settle down and do whatever mm. and get and end up marrying someone who's quite young because ultimately you've got wealth and probably a bit of power at that point, mm. which is. Attractive in some sort of strange way.
0: Well, and there's also this perennial idea that youth is best, mm. because you know it's good for breeding, yeah. or society tells you that looking wrinkle free yeah. is the thing that you're supposed to going for. But again, that's like a status symbol again. the The, the counter narrative yeah. well, is, yeah. is that Gaston has found someone who's not like all the perfect women that he's seeing. The thing that just upsets me is the fact that she's portrayed as so yeah. young well, when yeah. why couldn't she have been I, spo- I suppose because I was going to say why couldn't she have been like 20 like you said or something a more acceptable age but it would be because according to the rules of this film she'd be nowhere she'd be destitute on the street because by then she should have by 20 she should have been being a courtesan or married or, or well, something there weren't whatever, whatever. Well, she shunned
1: if, if, I, if you didn't get married um, there weren't It's not like there were too many career opportunities for you. Um, Maybe like a school teacher or something like that?
0: But I don't don't know, I just think that's... Yeah, like a um, a governess. A a governess or something, Yeah. yeah. It's just this weird thing about class. Normally, if we're saying someone is upper class, the idea being that they have a nicer life and they're wealthier and get to do more things. But this film basically traps Gigi in her class. Yeah. She becoming a courtesan, yes, okay. Is the alternative? Oh, she'd just be a prostitute who rents a room in an inn or something. These are the only options, poor Gigi. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, like I don't know, like I can't remember where her her father is. Is her father even?
1: Did he probably mentioned?
0: died? But did he not leave her money at least? Well,
1: she's they're doing all right.
0: So the idea is, is that she, it's upwardly mobile to sell your body.
1: Um, she could well, just stay
0: in the apartment that they yeah. have with the red. Walls. Yeah,
1: although I don't know what happens when um, her her mother and aunt die.
0: Oh, there's her mother! We haven't even mentioned her mother! Oh my god, yeah. that's crazy! I just want to say that. As
1: a general, yes. as a general rule,
0: yes. if you're a woman
1: in those days, you probably don't stand to inherit.
0: So, what happens if you're the only child? Of- uh, it will, there'll be some other. Oh, relative. then it would be like
1: yeah, Pride and it Prejudice. Go to the first male yes. Relative.
0: yes, why did I not remember that? Because that's clearly the plot of most Jane Austens. Uh, yeah, sorry, I got very excited then remembering the opera singer Mother. So, another weird part about this film is that that's her, it's her grandmother and her grandmother's sister. Sorry, not her mother. So, it's her great aunt who is the courtesan. And her mother does not feature in this film and is never seen. Except for we can hear off screen her practicing her opera singing, so that's another career. Yeah. But that was a career where obviously you were not allowed to have a child, and obviously, <laughs> um, uh, it's a career where you work, you know, funny hours and things like this. So and yeah. yeah. like child uh, care is like helpful, but that obviously her mother was doing that. But it's it was so weird how her mother is like referred to, but plays no part in this story. Except for I think she says it's okay for to whore out a daughter. Yeah.
1: Well <laughs>
0: But that's like a really Apparently. odd thing. And I feel like that's something that in the musical production might have been quite an amusing joke that a character would just wander on stage, wander off again, do some singing. I could see that as being like a theatrical thing. But if you think about it, it's awful. Well,
1: I don't... It, maybe, but uh, I, I don't know. It's just not... I don't think the tone of the film is designed to sort of yeah. make you feel that way. Um, it's really just I a, completely sort of, agree. a joyous celebration, isn't it? Of yes. something.
0: But that's the issue I have with Gigi, is that it's taking these horrible concepts and putting fluff and beautiful scenery and good songs around them, and that's somehow justifying it. When the more you okay. look at it, the more terrible. The plot is of the
1: film. <laughs> I think it's a slightly... I, I think it's a bit... Honestly, I, I think it's a bit of a boring plot. Um, I, I, I think it's a film entirely supported by Technicolor and, 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 and Song, more yeah. than anything else. I, I, I don't think there's a lot in it, really. You, yeah, the c- you, central conceit is you, you can sort of sit there and moralise over it, if you like. Uh, well, but, welcome to this
0: podcast. But...
1: The problem is you you, you you cannot know well you you can't really assess it by twenty twenty one standard it, it It doesn't make any sense because it's a sixty year old film or seventy year old film.
0: yeah, but the, the the point of looking at these films for this podcast mm. is that I am applying. 2021 mm. morality to it but who's but, to say
1: that the 2021 morality is correct
0: well when the podcast when they're whatever they are someone comes into your room and talks at you i don't know the future podcasts will be <laughs> when that happens in 60 years someone's free to criticize me we yes re- we might we go full to, circle when
1: we return to the ar- aristocracy and people yeah. get married at 15 I'll say, remember that period we had like yeah. 60 years ago where God,
0: women had jobs. Oh, honestly,
1: terrible and, like, time.
0: didn't Thank have God. sex with people unless they wanted to. Them all out. Yeah, oh God, don't say that. Um, yeah, I'm just, I always look at these things because if I'm watching a film for the first time in 2021, even if I'd have seen this film 10 years ago, I think I wouldn't be quite so outraged by it. But. You know, the more and more I see of these classic Hollywood films, I realise that their moral gauges are like wild and they 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 just cover it up because that's what they think audiences want. Like audiences were part of the problem here as well. She, she was very successful as well as uh, mm. yeah, financially, yeah, as well as um, getting awards. So, um, you know, people... A lot of us do this. We go to the cinema, we watch something, we don't ascribe any deeper meaning to it. And who's to say that's wrong, except I'm saying (laughs) that actually we don't want to be furthering these narratives. And to be honest, when I was coming up with the idea for for this episode... I was trying to think about a modern film to compare it to. But to be honest, I can't I can't find any. So if any listeners can think of anything, like Pretty Woman was the closest thing, but that's a person who is a prostitute. And in that film, even though they glamorise it, yeah. especially because she is a kind of juju type because Richard Gere's character is so wealthy and treats her very well and also handsome. But definitely in parts of that movie, it's making it very clear... That she's a prostitute. Yes, yes. Yeah, and so, that, so that's the time. Yeah. And I think Pretty Women has also, you know, come under criticism now uh, because the idea of it being a fairy tale and what she wants to do is get together with Richard Gere and live happily ever after. In fact, the more I think about it, the more I think this is a Gigi update. But um, I feel like... Yeah, it would have been more by...
1: realistic if she'd been stabbed by her pimp or something. Do you think?
0: <laughs> I the remember. pressure mm-hmm. of her name. Okay, judging it on today's morality... Horrific plot in Gigi. Judging it on uh, late 50s morality, still not great. Judging it on what was actually happening at the time it was set, okay, a bit more normal, but still weird. Would you agree?
1: I don't know exactly what the standards were. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been relatively acceptable at the time.
0: I think so too, but that's hundred and twenty years ago. Um would you recommend this film?
1: I wasn't in love with it, I have to say. It, um it's a movie I've watched to see for a while. I find Vincent Benelli's film's a bit meh Okay. Me, um just that, that he sort of churns them a little bit.
0: So they shouldn't have won best picture. Um, well I, I musicals sometimes do, particularly yeah, in Yeah, Musicals days. sometimes
1: do. Yeah. Um I I and I and I love a musical. Don't get me wrong, but I I I, I think there are better ones. I, I I don't think it's. If I was going to pick my top ten musicals tomorrow, I don't think this would you be in don't
0: it. Gigi. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can tell you right now, neither would I. So that's Gigi. Um, a good film for critical analysis, not an enjoyable ride at the fair. Although oh, some nice songs.
1: Nice songs, and it looked lovely.
4: I'm not in love with them. I just... I like him. You like him? Yeah. You definitely like him. Willie's not a bum. He's a rich, classy guy. Who's gonna break my heart, right? I don't know. Come on. You don't know that. Hey, he asked you, right? Maybe you guys could, like, um... You know, get a house together and, like, buy some diamonds and a horse. I don't know. Anyway, it could work. It happens. When does it happen, Kit? When does it really happen? Who does it really work out for? Did it work out for Skinny Marie or Rachel? Those no. were very specific cases of crackheads. I just want to know who it works out for. You give me one example of somebody that we know that it happened Name for. someone? Yeah, you want me to name someone? someone? You want me to like give you a name or yeah, something? I'd like a name. Oh, God, the pressure of a name. Now,
0: if you thought Gigi was a bit of a mess, let's talk about... Let's talk about... Fanny! Fanny. Yeah, so... Uh, Wow, oh God, where do we even begin? Could you maybe summarize the oh, plot of Fanny? Uh, very,
1: very briefly, yeah. if you like. Um, it's set in Marseille in...
3: Oh, do tw-
1: 20s, 30s? Sometime around there, I think.
0: I don't know, it's um, not Belle Epoque, but it's earlier than when it yeah. was made, which I think was 1961, so yeah, around let's then. say yeah. the 30s. I don't think that matters. Yeah. A while ago.
1: Um, and the relationship between it starts off with a relationship between um, a young girl named Fanny and I forget the guy's name, the the young guy Marius. Marius, yeah, who is they say
0: both their names. Who a lot. is
1: who is the son of the owner of a of a local sort of tavern or, or bar or something like that, and they have this. Um, they kind of grew up together, and they've always been sort of promised to each other, or, or they they believe they are they
3: the only two ma- kids ma-
1: ma- But Marius is restless and he wants to see the world and he doesn't want to be stuck in boring, old, beautiful South of France Marseille. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, there's a guy who's never been up north in England, let me tell you that. Um, or
0: maybe even like up yeah. north in France. I'd rather be in Marseille than Normandy.
1: So he, you know that that's he's kind of always thinking I want to go off and do yes. something else, and so. On. Meanwhile, there is um another chap played by uh Maurice Béjart again. Ding, ding, ding. Again, by the way, I should say that Fanny
0: is played by Leslie Campbell Yeah, I should
1: say Fanny, and um the owner of the shop, the 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 um father of Marius is um Charles Boyer. Um, I
0: don't know who Mary You carry on while I look up who yeah, the actor um,
1: is who played Mary. Uh, so yeah, so Maurice Chevalier plays um, the the uh, the owner of a sort of another shop somewhere. That's that they're kind of rivals that um, Maurice Chevalier and Charles Boyer to a certain extent. They I have think,
0: this. I think he makes. Clothes, though, doesn't he? Yeah, they think he but he's doing all right,
1: thing, he's doing all right for he's himself. He's doing very he's well, doing, he, they like it, to tell he likes to tell everybody <laughs> he makes 600,000 francs, so that's what he's worth anyway. And he thinks he's actually worth more than that, which we're trying to work out what that is in modern money, but we think it was quite a lot. Um, anyway, so Marius,
0: Marius, Marius, Marius yeah. yeah, who is played by an actor called Horst Werner Buschel, eventually, does sound yeah French,
1: so he's German, um, yeah eventually i i can I, I, I apologize cuz i can't remember what leads into this but
0: he's already worked out with this dodgy guy who wants to be who wants to be a sailor and is much yeah. older than Marius but basically lives his dreams yeah. he's i don't know he's a fisherman or something and basically he's got it so that Marius can. uh, As a a, a, a ship comes in that needs people to help them because they're going to sail to the new world, and I think they. Yeah, but um, I think there's a colonial aspect that I don't even hasn't even dealt with. Um, uh, And this guy puts Marius's name down, but he has to be there on this day to get passage on this ship. So yeah. that's that's like a side plot about an old sea dog yeah. who's living him living his life through yeah, Marius. Is. Which is weird, but anyway.
1: But but Marius and, and Fanny, they, they they kind of have this sort of sort, sudden sort of romantic entanglement. And I think they I think they, it's
0: because isn't it because she like, suddenly turned eighteen. Yeah, At least yeah, she's eighteen. Yeah, then, um,
1: and um and although although he He clearly loves her. Mm. Um, He also has this desire to go go elsewhere. So he. he,
0: She's the only girl he's
1: probably ever seen. uh, She didn't go in town. She's amazing. By by, by all accounts. (laughs) And they have one night of passion. The night before, I believe that his his ship is about to sail. Yes. Thus leaving him with a dilemma the next morning of. Um, well, I should really do the right thing here and, and ask Fanny to marry me.
0: Well, they also get forced into that by their um, parents.
1: Um, or, yeah, or or should I go on the ship? And he does initially, um, I think he initially proposes to Yeah, Fanny. but it's
0: very forced. It, yeah,
1: well, it, it's, it all happens 100 mile an hour. I think that the beginning of this film is happening too fast, actually. Yeah. I've got a bit of a, an issue with how quickly it all happens. Yeah ultimately Fanny says to him look you should go you're never going to be happy unless you go and yep. blah blah so he does
0: plot twist plot
1: twist Fanny is actually pregnant because, because they because definitely they, get, they slept together the night before like they slept together once
0: and she's yeah. 18 and that
1: means you definitely get pregnant get pregnant you get, but he, he'll be pretty fertile so will she so, but he's it got doesn't that, necessarily and, well, mean pregnant well quite clearly anyway, he needs to learn something. do go on he really does yeah. um Thus leaving Fanny in a bit of a problem, because just like in, in Gigi, what other people think is critically important. And
0: it's also worse, because I think unmarried mother yeah. is kind of the yeah. scum of the it, earth. It, it
1: is, it is, it is. <laughs> so so Fanny's mum is at this point talking about potentially moving away, and so on and so forth, because <laughs> of the, the disgrace of the family name. But step in... Step in, Maurice Chevalier.
0: Whose name who, is Panisse?
1: Panisse, course it is. Because yes. it's Panisse. And Panisse yeah. kind of had a thing for Fanny anyway, but, but let's get this clear. Panisse is in his 60s, 50s, 60s. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And Fanny is just turned 18. Is it?
0: Yes, so, uh, well, or maybe she's 19, I don't know. But, um, at, the, but at one point, Fanny's mother says to Penise halfway through the film, so I'm skipping a bit, Oh, do you want to be with a woman who's 40 years younger? And, and I was like, More like 50.
1: Yeah, well, he, he, he was in real looks old. life,
0: she was, yes, now, now 31, but, but, but he was now, like 70s. But
1: now, faced with. So Fanny comes to him yeah. and basically more or less tells him everything and says, Look, I don't know what to do or, or Well
0: he knows as well because he saw yeah, her sneak yeah. out. They're quite clever. No, they him they, sneak they, out they clever. do know
1: what's going on. And and, yes. and so he basically says, Well, he knows that Fanny yeah. is pregnant and he is happy to raise that child as his own, provided the cut the child has his surname, the penisse surname, yeah. which is quite important. Um, um Fanny sort of agrees to it, but she still has a lingering Thoughts about, yeah. but
0: but then her mom and Cesar, who is Marius's dad, are, are like, yeah, you got to do this. Yeah, and then Cesar finds out that it's Marius's child, and like, I think you should name it Cesar. Yeah, there's a bit of a
1: <laughs> strange argument about that and so that and so they get married, um, and it, and it's yes. all good and fine.
0: But the one person who doesn't know is Marius yes. because he is sailing the seven seas. Yeah,
1: and now he does. Now Marius at some point does pop back after they're married. Um, yeah. And he, he and doesn't after
0: the baby's yeah born. And, it, and it
1: doesn't take him long to work out that the baby is it, baby is his. It's a question of timing about when they got married and, yes. and everything else. So so he knows at that point, but but he encounters a lot of resistance from um, Panisse yeah. from Fanny mom, from Cesar from all of them yeah. saying you had your shot and you fucked off around the world <laughs> you
0: literally had yeah, so,
1: yeah so yeah so get lost yeah. and he so he gets back on the ship and off he goes again. And then we fast forward ten years.
0: Yes. Or, yeah. And, yeah. The, and there's little little boys. Little boy, little
1: boy, He's gonna have a
0: cool party.
1: He's gonna have a cool party. By this point, they've.
0: Granddad, by this dad. point, they've
1: moved away from these grotty, awful shops in the beautiful south yes. south of France, Marseille, no. to a giant mansion um, away from the the seafront. Uh,
0: because Panice is so scared yeah. that Marius is going to see the baby and try, or the child and yeah, try is. and take it away or something, I don't know. Or people will um, work it out.
1: Marius is now back, but he's kind of keeping his distance. He's sort of living...
0: Yeah, he like works as a boat like, yeah, mechanic. Mechanic. mechanic or, something. He, or yeah. something. But he doesn't really see anybody. I,
1: I don't even know if they... They yeah. don't even know he's there, yeah. I don't think.
0: Little boy Cesar says, Oh, you talk about this boy called marius he sounds amazing i'd really like to meet him yeah uh he likes the sea and so do i yeah and then he goes on a weird boat ride with that same weird sailor who was the guy the old sea dog um uh, and who takes him to marius and he goes and the little boy is like hi you seem lovely we seem to get on why don't you come to my party It's like
3: the most
1: well it's all random well of course it's all it's head. all random um, as all this is happening, um, <laughs> poor old um, Panisse is um, dying. Um, I think he—he had a heart attack or something. Don't know. He's I don't in know. bed for a while, yeah. or a
0: stroke or something. Yeah. So yeah.
1: at at his son in inverted commas party, he's you know adopted son yeah. with his name. Yeah. Party. He he's he's kind of on his deathbed at that point. Um, and what's the guy's name? M- M-
0: <laughs> you can't get it, I can't Marius.
1: Marius. Why can't I remember it? Why can't I remember it? I, just, it's, I, keep, I, keep, I keep saying Maurice. Yeah. Me. Marius. Uh, Marius does come along to the party. And there's a sort of reconciliation point here where Marius is sort of saying... Look, I, I, I understand I had my shot. I, I understand I, I made a mess of all this. and, and I've I
0: I not No, I don't think that's fair. Nobody knew she she was pregnant when he left. I think it's more, I understand social conventions more important than my rights was um, the message he, he did, of this He film. did
1: try to assert some degree of rights uh, at various points, yeah. but he he kind of recognised the uh, the futility of that and, yeah. and gave up. But good, lucky for him, Panisse kind of yeah. basically bequeathed on him in the final moments of the film, it would be good if... You know, he took over the fathering duties as he is the actual father. Um, and then it all ends on a happy as Panice dies.
0: We've sort of missed the bit with Fanny. The ridiculous part of this film is that this film is called Fanny and I don't really think it's about no, her I very that. much. I wonder that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she,
1: she kind of recognises the, the importance of reputation in all this. And mm. she kind of... I, I mean, she she's actually hard done by in some respects and not in others. I mean, I mean, she gets screwed over... By um, by Barry,us to a certain extent. She but, gets screwed, um, and then she gets screwed. But over. but then I I do think penisse does her a sort of a bit of a favour in some respects. Um, so
0: yes, there's two issues here, which is like the ridiculousness of social convention. But mm. you're right within that social convention. Um, and also, it's alluded to in the film that she doesn't sleep.
1: Yes, it is. With Panisse, yes. and he gets off I with his women it. that works in his shop. Well, he
0: doesn't say it in so many. He says it, in, yeah, in Wing uh, Wing. Well, well, it's a kind of like it, it, because someone asked him, what's, what's so funny about this film? So much of it is contrived. There's a literal conversation where like there's this group of mates, like Panisse's old mates, and one of them's like, "Did you do it? It's like the weirdest like boys behind the bike shed conversation <laughs> about, "Are you shagging me? Uh, yeah. In, in like um, but I think we have made Fanny sound so much better than it actually is because the plot <laughs> is like pure soap opera. You know?
1: I think
3: it
0: star spangled lovers, he wants to see the world, she gets pregnant, someone else takes her in, looks after the baby, but she's still pining for the father, yeah, and then he I comes think, back and then the child finds him. I it think is, yeah, it is. No, is you're like, right. a studio right. this is a winner.
1: Well but soap this, opera film, is the word, definitely. this
0: film yeah. is I can't go on about how bad it is. Well, I don't think
1: it's horrendous. No, I just I think it's, it's horrendous. I, I think what well, what I would say is first of all, again, Technicolor looks beautiful. South of France, technical, looks beautiful. Sort of, um, yeah. What I would also no, say, nice. however, is it is based on a musical, but they've taken all the songs out. Um, so what you're left with, if you think, any musical you've seen, just think what it would be like with no songs. Um, and that that's what it is. It's a musical, but with no songs. And I think... Not the best idea, not the best experiment you you could have performed. And and as you say, it comes across like a soap opera more than Mm. anything else.
0: This has just reminded me of something I want to interject about um, Gigi, which I didn't mention in our conversation, which is uh, Gigi is based originally, it's a musical, but it's actually based on a fiction novel by Colette, Mm. famous French female writer, Mm. which is a whole different strange angle in terms of, but goes to your point of... Maybe that is what was happening at the time. Mm. Uh, whereas this, the uh, musical and the um, script for the non-musical of the film Fanny, are written by men. Mm. Um, and I think you can kind of tell that. Well it somebody going to say something?
2: Your poor mother will allow you to sell fish in the bed.
4: I said no fish today, it's my birthday.
2: Oh, of course. Heartfelt congratulations. <laughs>
4: Thank you, César. Here, inhale.
2: It's not sardine.
4: It's perfume.
2: Oh, is it very expensive?
4: Of course not, but it is perfume. Mama gave it to me. She said, uh, today, daughter, you are a woman. (laughs) I'm still not married.
3: (laughs) A
2: woman!
0: (laughs) You also said you didn't like some of the directorial. Directorial choices Yeah uh,
1: Who was his director Josh, Josh Logan Wasn't it I think um, who's, who's quite a noted director He did he, He's more of a Theatre director Than a than a Film mm-hmm. director But he did do quite a lot But he did do a lot of Adaptations of some of his own works That, that were relatively successful
0: He's got a Salvador Dali tash <laughs> If that Helps someone um, Picture
1: him I, I think some of the editing I, I, He had this funny habit of There's lots of Close ups Of Fanny And they look like <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> was, was, was that a different film? I think.
0: Oh. Oh, I'm sorry that this has descended into yeah, the gutter, but that was a winner. I know. A win, I
1: know. <laughs> um, but she, she's quite of been like airbrushed or something. You know, like you get those pictures of like where, like a, like an 80s pop video where everyone's slightly looking a bit sort of well, fluffy around the edges. Let, let's face it, um, she was
0: getting on a bit at 31. Well,
1: well still 31. That's I mean, my
0: sarcasm. But
1: yeah. Um, but. And I think what he did is, it's almost like he... I don't know if you've ever seen, like, Plan 9 from Outer Space, Um. where he had... Edward basically had some photos of Bella, Leg- of some pictures, some reaction shots of Bella Lugosi, and just
0: kind of sh- put them in. And,
1: and these were going in the film, whether they fit the plot or not. And and it's like that with Fanny. I, th- I think he did these shots first, and he just juxtaposes them. And and it's awkward, the intercutting yeah, of it. He's is probably
0: thinking this film's called Fanny, and she's not really very important. She's mm-hmm. just the woman who gets pregnant. It's not really about her um, at all. She has she has less agency than Gigi does. Yeah. And it's a sadder story, although it's a more realistic story. It doesn't, it doesn't glamorise her life, but as you kind of alluded to earlier, it, it, Fanny's supposed to be grateful mm. that this old man wants to marry her. You know, and I think as well, I'm being a bit ageist here, who's to say that a May to December romance uh, is a bad thing? Plenty of people have had them over the years and going back to your point you made with Gigi you know that the youth and beauty and and obviously particularly with Panisse oh she's childbearing she's literally pregnant with although a child he, when although, we get married.
1: although he's been a bit overconfident that he's going to be able to sort of pull that off I, mean, yeah. but, um, I think
0: he's it, they're quite obsessed with like the uh uh, time and so they're like oh it's it's so good to be panice and have a child that's born in seven months as if like y- your child being born early premature babies is like yeah. a good thing well
1: also they tried to sort of like flow that as, as if like wow what what a guy to have a, yeah. a you know he must have strong sperm to yeah. get a seven month baby and i thought 60. that is that is <laughs> some weak fucking shit yeah. that it really is yeah. it's, it's not that you know yeah
3: um, so,
0: um, and then there's this whole weird scene where the first person to see Fanny <laughs> after the baby is born is the brother of Panisse who just goes in and says to her, we've never had a boy child in this family. Yeah. Thank you so much. And and I was just like, why is he the first person that gets to go after the doctor? What a weird... Well, I, I think one thing I
1: thought so about, weird. one bit that we both commented on at the time was... Yeah. Um, when when Panisse basically says, "Oh, I, I've always wanted a son. Like I've got this sign made. It's going to be Penice and Son. We're going to have a son. Son. Oh, it's going to be a son. I just thought, yeah. you better have a it's son be a girl. now. It's you be a better girl. have a son now, <laughs> frankly, because if it's a girl, you're screwed."
0: Yeah, I think to be honest, that distills exactly what the film's about. It 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 removes reality mm. and just puts in this is what we want to make a good story. Yeah, even though, yeah. Logically speaking, there's no way to determine, particularly in those days, yeah. uh, that they were definitely going to have a boy. But you just knew watching the film; you just know it's going to be a boy, even though he's so well, they, confident. No, I, I,
1: it was yeah. a plot point. They didn't really. Sort of move Need to on. Do. It, well, yeah, yeah they, they went on about it, and then yeah. I just
0: thought, well, okay. Yeah.
1: It could have been, if they hadn't done that, it, yeah. w- it wouldn't have hurt the film. But this anyway. film
0: is very much a dick swinging film. It's like Panice and Cesar come to blows, and they're like, my shot's better than your shot, my my child's better than yours. Um, Cesar and Fanny's mum have a fight about their children. There's this group of guys, there's a whole weird recurring motif of this. Uh, a bowler hat that, or hat that's no so uh, whatever it is kind of top hat that's put over a stone and that that you can tell the difference between um a French person and a I don't know a British person or a non-French person by whether they just pick the hat up or whether they kick it and the French it's like a, it's a joke at the French by the French which is just strange where if they kick it then they'll hurt their f- feet, feet and then j- jump around it's just very strange so I don't know what it's got to do with the plot well that's
1: just sort of window dressing I, I don't mind that as a sort of bit of extra for just to well, keep you slap interested well it's
0: slapstick slapstick um, humour
1: uh, it's just I'm not I'm not wholly confident about the acting in it as well I think Maurice Chevalier and Charles Boyer are fine and I think and I Leslie, think, Caron? And I think Leslie yeah she's fine. amazing but I think some of the others are a bit iffy Times,
0: yeah, her mom's a bit shouty, um, and Marius is well out of his depth. Yeah. He's kind of like a um, not quite as good, um, it's like Cl- Montgomery like, Cliff.
1: Well, I, I was gonna say Cliff Richard. Uh, oh, like, <laughs> slap, slap some Technicolor on Cliff Richard, Montgomery 1950s. Cliff Richard. Montgomery, Cliff Richard.
0: <laughs> Um, he's very beautiful, you know, though. A, but his heart's not in it. He's
1: had makeup troweled on his face, yeah. um, and it's. I just think it's. Yeah. guy. I also is. don't
0: know whether that was the copy of the film we were watching as well. Um, but let uh, let's talk a bit more about Leslie Karen in this film. So, again, the same thing has happened, which is her character is just completely accepting of her circumstances. And she, there's a bit at the beginning which is designed to make uh Marius Jealous, but it's where um Panice and Fanny are flirting and all oh, and like I wanted to get up and walk away. And this is in the first half an hour of the film. I'm like, okay, so this is the type of film it's going to be. She is portrayed, Fanny is portrayed as completely okay with flirting with an older man and like he like her necklaces down her top and so he's looking down her top it is ridiculous in in today's today's age when I first saw that scene yeah
1: and I think maybe this is what you're supposed to think I thought she was just playing games with him for a laugh um you know like um yeah I'm 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 a hot 20 year old or whatever and you're an old man and I'm gonna sort of lead you along but realistically you know you've got no chance but you know the way the plot played out I thought he obviously thought he did have a chance and as it happens he did have a chance. So
0: So I think that you were doing the thing that we were talking about with Gigi which is you were applying a 2021 mentality which is that she had more agency whereas I saw it differently and I'm like no, she's portraying this as if she's genuinely into Mm. it. Mm. Um... Yeah, so I kind of read that a bit earlier than you, and also we'd had the experience of watching Gigi first. So I was like, Leslie Karen, why do they keep doing this to you? And funny, also, did it. it was certainly Oscar nominated. I don't think it yeah. won Best Picture, but no, it won a, it won a lot of awards, and um, it's like she she'd obviously been boxed into this role of thirty year old woman who plays these ingenues and seems perfectly okay. To like you know imply sexual relationships with much older men uh, because of circumstance. Yeah. I, I'd love to know what Caron thought of this because <laughs> she's she just very much feels like she was um, pushed into this. There's a there's another film she was in called the L shaped room, which I haven't watched. I've seen that. Yeah, so. Um, is that a bit of a uh, film. Yes, yeah. but again, isn't she? If I remember rightly, she's a unma- She's a pregnant or unmarried mother, and she goes to live with a guy in London. Because again, it's seen as. Um,
1: I, I I'll be honest. I cannot exactly I think, remember because I think
0: that's the plot. The,
1: the L-shaped room yeah. and, um, taste of honey and room at the top, and, and, at the top yeah. and, and look back in anger all basically follow the same. In- kind of young girl gets pregnant and finds herself ostracised from society's style of yeah of but they're of, all
0: from the perspective yeah. of the young man who takes her in yeah. but yeah it's um everything that made her mega successful because she had a really long and uh wide career but the things that were most successful always imply that mm. she had copious amounts of sex or that she had or that she didn't use contraception or that she was a bad person for having yeah. sex uh she was definitely punished in these films. and she made a whole career on on looking so young and yet being abused by men it's just i just um i hope she made a fuck ton of money and oh, well, had a lovely life uh, because i'm sure
1: she did she, well, certainly from that film she yeah. did quite well yeah
0: uh yeah but um yeah, her role is not as prominent as her being the eponymous Fanny would suggest. And she seems, she puts up, you kind of said she does a little bit at the very beginning of the film, but I think she doesn't, is not expected to put up any kind of fight in terms of changing her situation. Her options were marry Marius, marry someone else. What? Her mum's a fish seller, and then her mum's quite happy because her mum's made out to be a terrible mercenary. Also, and see, we've talked about I I focused on Leslie Caron because that's where I was going with the podcast. But mother figures in these two films are portrayed in an abhorrent way. Yeah. That the only way for well, and again, that's a, you know, if we're saying that's what it was like at the time, the only way for their daughters to get on in life is for them to pimp them out to an older rich gentleman. I
1: think that that as an attitude probably was probably pervasive up to the war, I would say. So, yes, that would make sense. Um, and, and we're not talking mega-wealthy here. We're not talking aristocracy. We're talking people who are effectively sort of self-made to a certain extent but have done well for themselves. And, and are definitely sort of upwardly mobile, as, as it were. Um, I think, again, it's a problem is if you don't get married, what do you do? What was, in, in that time period what are yeah. your options and there aren't there aren't that many for but
0: why you? couldn't she be a fish seller like her mum
1: I suppose she
3: could be
0: yeah because the issue with these films as well is that the heroine her opinion is that she wants to do this that's what irks me the most is that not only is this seen as the only way to do things but that like she's so kind of repressed feminism is so repressed that she is grateful and willing to do this well, which think, may well be the case not? but it's upsetting for me to I don't say. think it's
1: the same as Gigi in that respect though I think I think in G-
0: D- different class systems. well I
1: just think Gigi is sort of at least at some sort of weak level, rebelling against the system, albeit unsuccessfully. Oh, but also because she's um, a child. Um, whereas I think Fanny is actually quite complicit with it, um, be- mainly because mm-hmm. one of the first things she says is, "I'm twenty and I'm still not married," or something like that. I'm sure yeah, that's a Which time. is
0: code for, "I haven't shagged anyone." Um, the prize of virginity that is that a big last. thing in both in last, both of it. these. Yeah, she's seen as like horny, hot to trot as well. Which I'm not saying she isn't, or that there's anything wrong with it. But she's seen as the hornier one the Marius, I would mm. say. Probably because, understandably, he's got his eye on seeing the world as a sailor. And he also said he was in love with her, but she'd never, like, bared her eyelashes at him. I thought the impression was he didn't realise she had any feelings towards him. And even in the film, like you said earlier, she seems to develop them, like, in half an hour. Well, I
1: think it... <laughs> yeah. well, I think it she's
0: I, like, oh, I love you. She doesn't even know he's leaving. Well, I, she's I, like, I, I
1: think the mood, the mood shifting, particularly of Marius in the first sort of I don't know, half an hour of the film, is 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 just way too rapid. Mm. He, he sort of flips and flops. He's annoying, actually. Mm. Um, I, I wasn't too sad to see him getting on that getting on that boat, but I did think it was a bit unusual. Um,
0: I, but very much, she's like uh, the, the impression I got was that she was trying to bed him. Mm. And is that because she thought if well, that maybe. happens, they get maybe. married? Well, because she didn't know at that point, and he didn't tell her. That he was sailing away you would say the most you know it doesn't make for a good film plot but the most moral approach should be before they do it and on the basis that there's no contraception is that Maris should have told her he was about to Come. sail the world
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this whole mess could have been avoided <laughs>
0: Yes. Oh my God, Fanny. If we'd only had the pull out method, then everything would have been fine. Yeah. No, you've ruined the point now by laughing. I mean, like he, he, he should have said he wasn't going to hang around. Well, he he, he is naive that he doesn't assume she's going to give up. I don't think Marius is ever portrayed as a bad person. No, he's not a bad but person. But he's a bit of a fuck boy.
1: He's a bit. I I do think he's is kind of it's kind of like i've got to see the world i'm tortured it just wears a bit thin after yes. a while i think oh god babe, get on that boat and fuck off boy. and
0: he's like scared of his dad there's a lot of like uh, i i find this increasingly with films and i wrote a review recently for in the heights bringing this back up back up to date which doesn't really have anything bad in terms of you know what women do it's actually like you know woman goes to law school and there's there's lots of positive female roles in it but the film removes quite a few parents, particularly mothers. And, and like, uh, we've had an earlier episode, obviously, that you and I were in fridging. It, it's not quite fridging, but there is definitely this idea that we cannot accommodate in our film plot too many mothers and fathers. So they kind of get removed. Mm. Like, Penisse's wife is dead, that's fine. We don't know anything about Fanny's dad. There's n- there's not even an insinuation. It's just not even part of yeah. the process. Also, we don't know anything about Gigi's dad. It- it's a really weird way of just making your plot work by just completely removing people yeah. from the equation. Um, yeah, so personally, I think maybe with... the I don't know how long it's been since we both saw it, two weeks or something... Uh, I think Fanny is a terrible film not enjoyable but I did enjoy like hate watching it okay
1: I thought <laughs> My, Michael was s-
0: screaming at the screen yeah, yeah. what are you doing
1: I, I think I'd give it a sort of B minus oh, Jesus
0: I, I, Christ you're generous
1: I don't think it's horrendous or anything but I, I do think
0: but Gigi's a better film
1: yeah I think Gigi's a better film I do think there's a lesson there which is don't take the songs out of a musical for me but there you are because I think if it had been a musical it might have been alright Mm. You know, well, it depends how good the songs were.
0: What, what do I think they could change it? I don't know. Just, like, don't call it funny.
1: Don't call it funny, because you know, <laughs> I agree with you. It really was. It, it should have been called a port in the south of France where shit happens. Yeah. That's, that's a bad I think of, it, I of, think I don't it don't should have policy. been
0: called Panisse's Penis. Yeah, Penis's Penis. Yeah, that would definitely have got them in, 1961. Yeah. Penis and Sons. Yeah. So, in, in conclusion, what, what do we think? Then about Leslie Caron, do we feel like. They're Hollywood films,
1: they're, they're just classic kind of.
0: Yeah, but I, I don't see anyone like this except for what, Judy Garland, maybe Natalie yeah. Portman. But those people were actually young when the bad stuff was happening. Leslie Caron had enough agency, I think, not within Hollywood, I just mean within herself, that she probably could have played roles that were a bit older. And obviously, you can see the difference. It's only wow. been three years for, um, that Fanny has made since Shiji. But. Um,
1: I think yeah, you're probably right, but at the same time, but she's
0: she's she is really pigeonholed into these ingenue. Well,
1: I I just but with a
0: wink of the eye. Well, you
1: just dangle a bit of Hollywood money, and you just go and do it. I'd do it. I'd play
0: that role. So good to know. So in the remake of Fanny, remake of Fanny, you can be Fanny. Penis. (laughs) (laughs) A boy called Penis. A Boy called Penis. Yes, make that movie right now.
2: Why do you want me to go
3: back to my parents? I mean, they hate me. Why do you think I split in the first place? There ain't nothing there.
4: Yeah, but you can't live like this. It's a hell. Girls should live at home.
3: Didn't you ever hear of women's
4: lib? What do you mean women's lib? You're a young girl, you should be at home now. You should be dressed up, you should be going out with boys, you should be going to school. You know, that kind of stuff. God, are you square?
0: 15 years after Fanny, We get to Taxi Driver. Now, there have been countless essays, uh, making of documentaries, podcasts, I'm sure, talking about Martin Scorsese and talking about Taxi Driver. And um, I'm not going to go too much into the plot because I think most people know. I thought I knew it. I think it's important for me to say I only watched this film last week because I'd always been put off by it and (laughs) I didn't think I was going to enjoy it. But I finally watched Taxi Driver and I have to say, my opinion of it, you know, hottest take in the world. Mine's Scorsese, quite good at making movies. He's it all right, it turns that guy. I, 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 see, yeah. I predict a good future
1: for yeah. that
0: Obviously, to keep in line with the theme of this episode, I I mostly want to talk about Jodie Foster's character,
1: not Civil Shepherd. So,
0: oh, we can talk about Civil Shepherd as well, actually. But in a way, her part in Taxi Driver. Was a pleasant surprise mm. to me, in a way that Jodie Foster's was almost exactly how I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Because I even remarked when watching the film, "Oh my God, Sybil Shepherd's in this!" Because for me, a person who hadn't seen it but had consumed enough marketing and kind of you know immersed within the film culture, thought it was a film where the only women in it were prostitutes. What were your thoughts on *Taxi Driver* generally?
1: It's a great film. Why? Why do you think? it's oh, such I, a Oh, I, I don't film? know. I, don't, I, just think it's, it's, it's a, it's. A in
0: five words or less. No, that's a
1: joke. Um, <laughs> well, I couldn't do it anyway. No, I, I, I just think you could say Robert. I Daniel don't think there's ever been a film that where which is sort of, a, sort of that's given as a sort of a more of a a real inside look at the hell on earth of New York in that mm. particular period through a very specific lens. Um, it is a place you just don't want to be and I I, I don't think there's ever been a film that's done it quite as effectively as that and I don't know, you can see why it's much sort of talked about and lauded because well, Travis Bickle is such a phenomenally interesting character more than anything else
0: It's kind of weird because for me in some ways the film was better than I thought it was going to be and in some ways it didn't live up to my expectations because people do say it's one of the best films of all time so when you have that and you go into it, you're going to be disappointed because I don't know what this ephemeral best quality is but that wasn't it i found it to be a little bit more idiosyncratic than i thought it was going to be i think of scorsese i don't think of goodfellas for example casino that's him isn't it Mm. uh or cape fear as being like surreal or jazzy in any way but taxi driver felt very 70s felt like he was probably on something particularly when the, he's in his cameo where I'm like did you take a load of coke before you filmed this scene <laughs> Marty because you are off it not that he wasn't good but that I was like it must be weird to direct yourself when you're being a crazy he's, he's person he's in
1: quite a lot of his films though isn't he I mean he cameo um, cameos I don't know and he's you know this he...
0: must be the longest cameo though surely
1: um, it's a big in it's his quite own a big film, scene
0: pro- possibly Bleed,
1: yeah. I don't know. Uh, um, he's in just films. He had ran- a great beard. Yeah, he's in films just somewhat randomly here, here and there. Yes, just in films.
0: When did you see it? Oh, a film school. God,
1: yeah. I, no, yeah. before then I was six, sixteen, seventeen when I first saw it.
0: Is that when it first came out? No,
1: no. I know. Oh, no, sorry, <laughs> nineteen seventy-one. No, not that old. Jeez. Sorry,
0: I thought you were panice So I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> no now no, you're an old man. Yeah, I'm an so, old man. Yeah. Old man.
1: No, I would have seen it Sorry in I'm the <laughs> like, I don't, early 90s. First right,
0: movie. because you'd I don't know, heard... Just
1: like, there's a lot of films. You've got to see the film. No, I mean, I, I don't know. I was into film back then, and I just watched endless numbers of films. And Taxi Driver was just one of those films that I sort of... Read about, or it's a bit like Apocalypse, now the same thing. I've <laughs> read about it and I want to see it. That was yes,
0: awesome. also a film that I didn't see until fairly re- recently and liked it a lot more than I thought. So, yes, I have a lot of judgment, and we can talk about kind of you know gendered childhoods where mm. I think for both of us that's p- probably why we made some of the. I'm not saying decisions. by the way, I'm not saying
1: by I fully appreciated it and studied at the time. I've since watched it, I, I reckon I've seen it 20 times.
0: That's Wow! Yeah, I must have
1: seen it about five times at don't university. Don't make
0: me watch it nineteen more um, times because I don't want um, to. It's
1: just one of those films that you just is, you just watch. Well,
0: film so. critical theory, I can yeah. see that. Did I enjoy it? Yes, I, yes, I think I did because it was weird, but it wasn't as dark as I thought it was going to be. It had a really strange sense, what I consider to be strange sense of humor, which really elevated it for me everything i'm saying now there must be people listening to this going wow look at this person who's discovered taxi driver (laughs) but i'm just trying to make a point about what i thought it was about what how you know with a lot of movies and again i can't believe i'm going to talk about joker again joker's just going to follow me around for the rest of my life but i really didn't want to see joker and then i'm Glad I did because it was both better and worse than I thought as well. There are some parts in Taxi Driver that I thoroughly enjoyed, which to be honest could have even been in another movie. The bit with um Sybil Shepherd and the guy from Broadcast News. Forget we'll his nose. <gasps> That's terrible.
3: No
0: what It'll come to me. Where they're having a bit of banter because she's obviously um uh, working for the congressman. Uh, to try and get him to become president was delightful. And I just thought, can you not make more comedy, lighthearted comedy? Because After Hours, which I believe is like he doesn't make that many comedy <laughs> films, is too weird for me. Oh, and, yeah. and some of the jokes are not, and don't land with me. But that was this beautiful, like, banter between... Two people and I just I was like, oh, I wanna know that film. Can I have like a whole film with those two? But but it is, yeah. And I get he put it in there. I I feel like Taxi Driver is lots of different bits of different films all put together. Um but everything has this weird sense of humour which like like kind of knocked me sideways a bit, which meant when I'm looking at it and thinking about some of the ways it portrays certain things. I can't dislike it as much as I would a film that went too much into portraying of potential mental illness yeah. or racism which is something that you and I discuss whereas you you don't think that the film uh, I don't think the I don't think the film is racist I 100% tra- believe that Travis Bickle is a racist and you don't really see it even after seeing it 20 times maybe you've seen it too much but that really stood out to me that the way that Scorsese cut it so that every time he was having one of his Scum off the streets moment It was cut to
3: mm-hmm.
0: A black person Mostly In your defence That's because You were just looking at people as people But mm-hmm. as a person coming to this film in 2021 I'm again taking that eye Of being looking uh, okay. very clearly yeah, yeah. At what's being made And some people have also said that Including, i like to draw this in conversation My good friend Quentin Tarantino Was a person who said he believes That, the, <laughs> that Travis Bickler's a racist So if it's good enough for Tarantino It's good enough for me but anyway Jodie Foster uh, What's her name In the film
1: Is that Iris and- Yes
0: Iris It's such an It's such a strange performance And I know that there was criticism at the time In a way that we're not sure about Gigi and, yeah. and Fanny Because I believe Jodie Foster was 12 yeah. When she was in this film And you know uh, n- nominated for an Oscar She didn't win it did she But I think she was nominated if- I don't know, or she might lauded been... in a, in a lot of ways, definitely brought some attention to the film. What I thought was interesting is that she's only in the film for like a third of it, whereas I'm, I thought she even, was. Not even that. Yeah, yeah. She appears in a couple of like little bits where, and then eventually it was quite yeah, the, I mean, the way she's put into the film as someone who just happens to yeah. the, the taxi driver comes across. I thought she was. I thought it was about her. I thought it was literally about the relationship between him and her. I knew nothing about the congressman. Part of it. I should have watched it years ago. Yeah, and I also now know about all the Ronald Reagan, Jodie Foster, the guy who who was her stalker. And I knew that story, but I didn't realise he was playing off of the story within Taxi Driver. It's just weird what you think you know and then you don't. Um, She plays it absolutely brilliantly. And I wonder if, because she's 12 and hopefully hadn't been exposed to any child prostitution or anything. She's just doing a good job. She's just doing what the director tells her to do. Because again, this film, just like Gigi, it's, her character, it suggests that she would rather be a prostitute than go and live with her boring family. And I really don't like that well, whatsoever.
1: No, I don't know. I, it, it, you disagree? It, I, I, her background, exactly what caused her... To become a prostitute isn't really explored in any meaningful way
0: except where she says um about um, how her parents are squares which yeah. is in that dynasty but, but, but that,
1: that's not enough to just take off leave your parents and become a prostitute the, the, the,
0: the, 100% agree uh, um, <laughs> yes.
1: but, but that doesn't mean so we don't know what the exact reasons hmm. were um except to say that she obviously felt that she had to leave um What or wanted to leave, or just let? uh, Who knows? And then just ends up as a prostitute.
0: But this is my fundamental issue with all three of these movies: is that you are applying rational, objective thinking to this, which is Scorsese's portray is is put a character in front of you Mm -hmm. who is believably saying. I needed to run away from my parents and I decided to become a prostitute and this is not against my will. And because she's so winning and believable in that, you you are, you believe in the film that's what it is. I believe that this is a sexist attitude because I don't think any person would take so lightly to being a child prostitute well and just because they don't give a backstory that that doesn't mean you fill it in with oh she was being abused yeah look I mean
1: I think I think something I think it is fair to say that um she is slightly overly content um with her position um at least at least in the conversations we have she has with Travis Bickle about it I think it's also, but I also would inversely say that tra- Travis's interrogation of her suggests that he thinks, and and, po- and probably absolutely quite rightly that she's been completely manipulated by um, Harvey Keitel's character and who's a who's a pimp, um, and 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 the whole structure. So she's not really thinking straight, and, and that, which is what really Travis's ultimate sort of mission is becomes is to try and sort of get her out mm. of
3: that.
0: And we uh, and we agree. With Travis, I yeah. believe, when we're looking at this, even because of the beautiful thing about Travis Bickle, I now understand, is that he's skirting the line of righteousness. I get that. I thought he was just a bad, bad dude. No, he's not. He's actually, like, he's, in my opinion, thinking in the right way. It's just something gets messed up within him. I think you
1: are absolutely, in that film, invited to morally align with him mm. in terms of the way that New York is portrayed, in terms of the way everyone else is portrayed, in terms of him trying to rescue Jodie Foster, mm. even in terms of the politician that she, which he tries to kill, who... That's some guy I mean, we don't really know anything about him but Travis obviously feels that there is a danger there even that you're invited to think that he might be doing some good somehow or other mm-hmm. but it's but it's it's completely it, it's twisted
0: yes but I, and and that's one part of it but i think there's there's something i kind of want to get to the kernel of which is you said you're invited to think this to believe this but i like maybe it's a paranoia or a you know a, like a reaction to sexism or, or or whatever to any portrayal of a person I know that's what Scorsese is trying to say but I can still objectively say but this film is through travis's eyes oh yeah absolutely. so you are have this oh, yeah. horribly unreliable narration oh yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think that's key i absolutely yeah. agree with you i think you, you are invited to identify with someone who you know yes. is, is is their vision on reality is yeah. twisted and obscured
0: yeah and but it's but it's so clever the way that the, the line is trodden because yes in, in what taxi driver does which um uh fanny and gigi don't do is have a male character who's telling the female character you shouldn't be leading this life Mm. but my issue is with the fact that she has no agency or she's portrayed in this to me ridiculous point of view that she's arguing against it like she's making the case for child prostitution well she is she is a person who is seen to have personality disorders who's actually in my opinion in the right
1: the the way i read that the way i and and was supposed to be and 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 was controversial for this reason
0: okay um
1: but i i tend to think the way i see this is she does she does give um, she just play that a little bit too easily um in terms of 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 the role that you know the position she finds herself in she's a little bit too content with it yeah but they also think that there is and it more than just an insinuation that the reason for that is because she's being manipulated by forces around her but
0: so much so that she doesn't even realize yeah, it yeah. what well, like this is a really like difficult thing for me when it comes to any kind of media criticism right Do you put the thing on camera so that people can talk about it? Or by putting the thing on camera in a particular way, are you glamorising it? And there is an argument that if you put anything on camera and you do it well enough, you make a good movie, you have advocated for that thing. Even though Scorsese may well have been trying to say look at this child prostitute who thinks it's okay, But he is not, to me, ever doing enough to suggest that it is not good. Maybe because he has the luxury of thinking, oh, most people don't have to worry about this. Of course they'd see that this is bad. When I think the average viewer of a film, particularly maybe a male viewer, is going to see, oh, she doesn't think that it's that bad. Maybe it isn't that
1: bad. Um... (sighs) Possibly, although I I challenge I challenge the view that um, prostitution is viewed through some sort of rose coloured spectacles in that film because I don't believe that it is. I think I think it's not just about that. It's about the entire environment that she finds herself in. it's, it's this scummy, awful looking city. I mean, I, I don't think any girl aged twelve comes out of that and thinks. I really want to be a prostitute right, in New Firstly,
0: York. I'd rather they weren't watching Taxi Driver, but that's my personal point of view oh, yes. on, on that. <laughs> I would agree with you there. Se- secondly, I slightly disagree with you in that her world is portrayed as bad. Like Harvey Keitel is kind of amusing, and they have this weird, like it's like it's Lynchian romance scene where they're dancing, and. <laughs> Like you're supposed to think Scorsese is obviously like thinking Everyone's going to think like me Oh isn't this freaky the way he's trying to romance her But he doesn't put any of the And again I'm arguing against myself now This is ridiculous But he doesn't put any of the really shit side in There is no point where you see her Getting fucked by somebody Like in Requiem for a Dream I'm not saying I wanted to see all of that I wanted more of an insinuation That she is deluded
1: uh, Possibly yeah. yeah Okay so Possibly I suppose there are scenes um, like the one where she wants to get in. When she, when she when he first meets her and she wants to get in his taxi and, it, and exactly what it is that's going on there you never find out except to say there's, there's a drug issue and a, and a pimp kind of drags her away to God knows what. Yes,
0: and I didn't even um, realise that was Harvey Keitel. Sorry, just um, a quick side. Um,
1: you might be right. in, the, in the, we, we might have seen the darker side of it, I suppose, a little bit more um, just to sort of illustrate it, hmm. but... But I also don't think that it's in any way glamorised. I think that's totally incorrect. I
0: I agree with you, but I'm saying I want more. You know how with rape, acquiescence is not Mm. a yes. In this film, an acquiescence in respect of the prostitute's life is not good enough. You need to be showing if you're trying to say she's deluded, you need to show something yeah, that is so presumably. bad that nobody yeah. would be de- deluded no, I, think by
1: I think i think it's fair to say you could you could have more yeah. in there yeah, in that respect i I also think oh, he's yeah, exactly what you show there will be tricky. I mean, anything sexual would be have to be out. There's no way that that would be allowed because
0: she's twelve, because she's which 12. is the Leslie Caron thing, yeah. where you get someone in who's twenty eight, mm. and even though they're portraying that, and I don't like that, at least the actress in yeah. question. But yeah. I think I think Scorsese like saw the um the true ingenue in. Foster, as someone who was acting this because she's such a good actress, but doesn't understand it. She's not living it. I don't know when uh, Bugsy Malone is, but Talula is actually a sexualized child character as well. It's not re- it's not really, but if you look at it in terms of the whole yeah. um film, and I know the whole point is it's a bit like a Muppet film or something, you're getting these children playing these adult roles, but she's the only one who does a sexy like song on, on stage. Like Blousey Brown isn't doing any of that. And if he'd have hired know. someone who was in their 20s or something I still think they could have played someone he was trying to go so much out there because she was 12 are we saying if she was 15 it doesn't hit as hard and what does that say about our sexualisation of teenage girls well
1: I, I, I don't know I don't, I, I don't know whether or not does it make a difference maybe, maybe not I, I don't know, to tell you the truth um, but it definitely hits harder the younger the girl is
0: yeah but but particularly that relationship between how young she is, mm. because even, you're going to be more deluded perhaps if. Well,
1: it also. I, I think. You're that, younger. I think that part of the point of Taxi Driver overall mm. is, to, is to portray New York in the worst possible light. Absolutely. So, so you're trying to do. You're trying to. You really have to, You're dredging the bottom of the barrel mm. for everything you can get. And, and a 12 year old prostitute sort of fits the bill for that, that kind <laughs> of film, really.
0: Yes, and it is only part of it, but. It was definitely the part of the film where I could see how well it was portrayed. Yeah. And yet I still felt like there were things that could have been done to not in any way. Because I still think, in a weird way, not glamorized, but like I said, not condemned. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing there are lots of prostitutes around. But from from that film, you'd think there's a prostitute on every single corner. And I've been to are, New York a few yes, times. I've yes. never seen a, a, Yeah,
1: a, a they are. Question. They are. But
0: I, I, I would, well, sex work, I, though, I, I should say, be saying.
1: I'd say a couple... Yeah, but again, we come back to this thing. Was New York ever really like that? Probably never. The point is not yeah. to portray necessarily a totally realistic New York. It's to pull out all of the worst parts of <laughs> it and say... This city is is just the absolute piss.
0: True, but that sits um, better with people who understand New York. Well, if you so, know nothing about so, New York, you're of. like, no thanks.
1: Well, not not really. I mean, it it doesn't really matter if if, if it, I mean, have you ever seen like the Red Riding trilogy, that no, um, you like to talk about I, that. Well, on this. well, if if only because <laughs> if only because they portray the north of England as the worst yes. possible place on earth, and I dare say for some people it was. But realistically, if you go up to Manchester, it's really you're not, not going that bad, to see that. You know?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, my parents saying to me, oh, you're going to live in London. Mm. You're, you know, probably going to get mugged every other day. Wish and it's like touch wood. Well, no, that's well, not. I've lived here fifteen years. The other
4: <laughs> when I walked in and I saw you two sitting there, I could just tell by the way, you were both relating that there was no connection whatsoever. And I felt when I walked in that there was something between us. There was an impulse that we were both following. So that gave me the right to come in and talk to you. Otherwise, I never would have felt that I had the right to talk to you or say anything to you. I never would have had the courage to talk to you. And with him, I felt there was nothing, and I could sense it. And when I walked in, I knew I was right. Did you feel that way? I wouldn't be here if I didn't. Where are you from? Upstate. That fellow you work with, I don't like him. I, not that I don't like him, I, I just think he's silly. I don't think he respects you. I don't
3: believe I've ever met
0: anyone quite like you. Yeah, so maybe quickly about Civil Shepherd. Um, a good juxtaposition to Iris is her character, whose name I don't remember either. Betsy. Betsy. What really impressed me was how Betsy behaved after being taken to the porno on a date, Because I'm watching the film and, like, I know that's the point, but I still can't help myself. I'm like, why did he think that was a good idea? Because I have to say, I, I like, that is not so. Of
1: course
3: it is. Yeah, um, but I don't
0: think Scorsese did enough to earn the fact that he might do that for a date Because he... The, Bickle is very like I want to take you somewhere I want to pay for that I want to be a, you know he's got this idea about how he sees himself as you know crusader protector of women yes, indeed. what have you uh, and, then, and, I, and I was still like I can't believe he's doing this I can't believe he's doing this well, there's, well
1: there's there's two ways of looking at that I think you, you could you could view it through the lens of this is just a classic example of mm. um, a representation of his maladjusted mm. view of the world um, which, is what, which I think is partially it but I think another part of it is say his view of the world is also being determined by his environment, his New York environment.
0: Yes, it's... Um, um,
1: so, as far as he's... Well, I know there are prostitutes everywhere, there are porno cinemas everywhere. This is this must be what people... I'm a loner, I, I don't really know, I don't hang around with people. This must be what people do. So, there's that element of it as well. Um,
0: I, Well, and also, he's a vet, isn't he? So, I think there's a little bit of an allusion to mm. he might be damaged from... Being in Vietnam, was it? Uh, uh, yeah, I think it well, yeah. presumably. Yes. Yeah, um, I think they mentioned it right at the beginning of the film because he talks about that, doesn't he? In that initial scene where he's trying to get the job as the taxi driver, and so you know you can argue that this is a film about PTSD. Although the problem is when you put this right at the beginning of the film, so many other things happen, you kind of forget that Scorsese says he's probably studying well, the trauma.
1: I, I think I think the idea of him, yeah, the PTSD, him adjusting back into society is is I think it's been well written about that as well because. I, I, if you know, if you do have PTSD, or if you if you've been in wartime situations, and and you come back, and you're suddenly a taxi driver in New York, and you mm-hmm. haven't really gotten any that much experience of what it's like living in a city like mm-hmm. New York, you you, and you don't, and you're a loner, you you, can, you maybe you would think that hey, look, people go to porno that's what we do, right? I can't
0: I can't talk um, to having PTSD or have fought in a war, but. In that cinema, surely it was mostly men wanking or men with prostitutes. Like yeah. there, There is a bit, and again, I believe they're black as well, which I thought was interesting. There is only, I was looking every time he went to the cinema, I was like, who else is in this cinema? Because <laughs> he's literally, he's not even, to your point, turned on by it. He's just watching it because he thinks this is what
3: yeah, people exactly, do. Yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: But he's not even looking around and seeing that everybody else is either a bit strange or not on a date. Yeah. You know, that's where I was just like, wow. The fact that Betsy does the thing which every woman actually would do, which I think is honestly amazing from a film from the 70s, which is she tells him to fuck off and she basically tries to never speak to him again, except for whatever that last sequence is, which I would say my opinion is that it's a dream thing but i think scorsese has said it's not it's just talking about celebrity and how people forgive you if you if you seem to be doing something good or seem to be famous so either way i don't hate that scene because it doesn't matter if it's in his head or not because again she a lesser director in a lesser film would have them hook up and have happily ever after Mm. At the end of the thing. But instead, she's like, I detested you before we you were disgusting. And now I'm like, uh, oh, it's okay. And it's like, all he wanted was respect. I do feel yeah. sympathy for Travis Bickle in well, a way I didn't expect him. Yeah,
2: well, as he
1: says in the film, um, he's God's lonely man. And I th- and I think you, you, you kind of feel that for yeah. him throughout. This various attempt to form, awkwardly form mm. relationships with people, both romantic and... A guardian a a, or whatever yeah. it happens to be is yeah. always just slightly off the mark.
0: but what did you think of Betsy?
1: Well, I mean i i I, I was surprised uh, no, I'm not surprised, but I mean, I, I think it's it's a sort of interesting point that she even entertains Travis to start with because he comes across as as weird from the word go. Um, but what's obvious yeah. about it? Is he he makes some big. He always makes this big spiel about how she she's lonely and she doesn't connect with anybody else, and she's like him. And she may well be may well be. I don't even know she
0: even buys that. Well, but she yeah. she
1: may well be, mm. but she's just sort of operating at a different level. She's just you know her her view of it is I I might be lonely too, and this city stinks, but. I don't know, she's slightly more grounded in reality than that. So. I
0: don't even think it's that. I don't think you get for a second the idea of what she thinks about New York. And she lives in a nice brownstone, if if that's last sequence is to be believed. Yeah. Um, and, and I I actually look at those scenes as she feels empathy for him. Yeah, I think she sympathy. does. And sympathy. But I don't think, I, do, I think she's leading an a completely different life I don't think for a second she thinks New York is in any way bad that's
1: not it's not Well, I may have said that but I mean I I think it's about disconnection that isn't it It, I mean he makes the point about how disconnected she is and she doesn't really refute that either um, which kind of suggests that she's you know they may well well be right but it doesn't mean that they are have to be an item they're they're made for each other because quite obviously they're clearly not Um, he's just on a different pathway altogether but Nonetheless, go on through.
0: I just want to talk about that quickly. Yeah. So again, is that Scorsese doing the same thing he did with Jodie Foster, which is, is it believable that Betsy would agree? You you kind of said you were surprised. Well, I, I'm. He is granting a lot of empathetic tendencies. And I, I'm just thinking, if I went on a date and someone said this to me, even if they were Niro and mean, he is like quite attractive and he's a bit skinny, but if you like, if I you think, like, it's hard because he's so good at so many roles, like, um, I can't really see way, him I, as I, a hunk. We
1: we keep saying Scorsese, and, and of course Scorsese directed, but we yes. really should be really alluding. Oh, to Paul, up, Schrader. Paul Schrader. Wrote yes. it. Um, um, I think.
0: Yes, well, I have feelings about him. Um, but I, anyway. I,
1: I think um, it would have been disappointing and an easy out to have to have made Sybil Shepherd a bit too normal in, in some respects. I think that she needed to be a little bit different. Um, otherwise, I'm not sure that she has that interesting a relationship with Travis Bickle at that point.
0: I, yeah, I agree. But I, I don't think I'm putting my point across well enough, which is she was different because she entertained the date with him. She doesn't have to... She could still call him out on stuff. She could still say, well, I don't think I'm a loner or I feel for you. That, yeah, the,
1: which suggests that she's complicit by silence. Or she agrees by silence in some respects.
0: Or that Schrader and Scorsese have said this is a normal way a woman would behave. The only moment she starts behaving... She, she is normal when she's having the conversations with the guy from Broadcast News, whose name I'm never going to remember. And she's normal when she tells him to F off and just gets in a taxi and goes. Mm. I flipping loved that bit because I was like, <laughs> I would yeah. run a thousand miles. And she's also quite sympathetic when he comes in. She doesn't really react very much yeah. when he comes in later. But that bit where they have that conversation, to yeah. me, is completely badly written from her. It's a classic case of a man not being able to write how a woman mm, would behave. Maybe,
1: yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I, or maybe that's just my personal opinion. I, I don't think you're after any normalised behaviour here, though. Um, this is not a film for that. Um,
0: but she's a, but she is portrayed as a completely normal character until that scene. That, like I said, they have all that banter, and she's yeah, just doing her okay, job.
1: Okay, but then why the, establish but then, her? But then, the, well, he doesn't because the first thing Travis says to her is, "I think you're alone."
0: Yes, but that's Travis's point of view. She
1: then goes on a date with him, thus, thus, kind of implicitly. Giving the impression that she kind of agrees with him that she is alone. This
0: is brilliant because this is where I'm about to say, this is the difference between what men say and what (laughs) women say and how things are interpreted. I took that as she was intrigued by him and yeah, maybe yeah, and yeah. you know and, and some women do like to be for, for it's too forceful a courtship now but i would still say in the 70s you probably think it was actually quite a nice courtship by going in and saying this guy's not good enough for you i think i am where you go on a date and i'll pick you up yeah i, I didn't see it for a second <laughs> that she thinks she's like him i think there is a fundamental difference between uh being intrigued by someone asking you out and seeing a kindred spirit um, because I think she even starts to show signs of he's a bit weird, and then he's like, "Please, going to take you to the movies." Well, well
1: it all—it all—it's like, oh, co- right. all okay, basically, up to the movie. I mean, in terms of his
0: yes, except you and I have a different uh, read on her, on who she is as um, a character,
1: and he also says to her at some point, "We have a connection." We, you and I, have yeah. a connection. And again, she doesn't yeah. disagree with him.
0: Yes, but this is another acquiescence issue. What, if what? someone said that to me and I was feeling they were a bit forced and I was on a date with them and I was a bit uh, worried, okay. I'd just agree with them. I'm not necessarily saying that's coming over well, either. Right. I actually yeah. think she's too much of a blank canvas until she leaves.
1: Yeah, OK. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's probably true that, but... Yeah. Um, but there's definitely something slightly odd about her. She's she's not entirely sort of like the yes. most normal character you've ever seen. And I don't mind that as a piece of writing because I think it's a hell of a lot more interesting than if it had just been a girl who said, get lost, you guy off the street, I'm not interested. Um, well, of
0: course, yeah, you couldn't do that. I think it could have been done better. And I think if you'd have actually, if portrayed had actually spoken to some women, I think <laughs> that, like, she was, she, she really underreacts and Scorsese must have asked her yeah, I think he to must do have done. that yeah, but this film is not about Betsy's inner life it's about Travis's well
1: it's funny because so you are making she, the same assumptions she, she, acts, she acts in some respects in exactly the same way that, that Travis acts which hmm. is not quite knowing what to say when and, and and ultimately for Travis anyway saying the inappropriate thing she tends not to she doesn't she, tend to open her mouth Um, she tends to sort yeah. of only react to what Travis is saying.
0: Yeah, but I think that's um, a show, that's that's from what her character is and the fact that she works for a congressman has to call people all the time and is appearing in public and seems like quite a confident person Mm. that's about the underwriting of the of her character i don't think it's about the character which is just a classic thing you see in lots and lots of films that being said not to slag it off too much I, i i still think that it's nice to have her in there as someone who tried to have a connection with travis saw what a loony he was and then uh, quickly. Well,
1: she's. I ran mean, away. I mean, if we're, if we're gonna sort of like if you if you impose kind of like slightly religious concepts on there, he's like the angel of death. and She's like the angel Gabriel. In fact, he even refers to her as like an angel, yes, doesn't he? Yes. Yes. It, it's it's it, she's his salvation in some respect. Or he thinks that she's his salvation. Yes. Turns out, actually, Jody Foster's his salvation. But there you are. Um.
0: Well, and also. Um, killing bad guys and well, the cops and the papers well, the, saying the point, you're a good guy. The
1: point, the point ultimately He's, was, my goal is it yeah. despite the fact that he meanders his way to, to this point, including trying to kill um, yeah. a presidential candidate, yeah. ultimately the goal is, must save Jodie Foster. Yeah, but
0: sorry, just to go, <laughs> using your word salvation... Yeah. A monster has been created at the of end course, of that movie. Of course, which is the irony the ir- he's made.
1: Which is cause of the irony of the ending.
0: Yes. But, um, yeah, and it is a good ending. By the way, end. that yeah. guy's called Albert Brooks and we never nah, remember right. his name but I mean, and he's I mean, a fantastic actor. I, mean, I won't remember it
1: next time. Sorry, Albert.
0: <laughs> it's very, very good, sorry, Albert. Thank you very much for talking to me about Thank this. You. Thank you well done for making it through a long episode of the podcast. I did think about dividing this into two episodes, but then I thought it would be better to listen to all of the work about Gigi and Fanny and then go straight to Taxi Driver. Um, But of course, you know, you can listen to this any way you want. If you've stopped this and haven't listened to it for a few days, then hopefully it'll all make sense. Uh, I'm going to play out with Maurice Chevalier. I'm not sure if I should or not, but I do think the song Thank Heavens for Little Girls is some kind of dark black comedy now until next time see ya
2: thank heaven for little girls they grow up in the most delightful way those little eyes so helpless and appealing one day will flash and send you crashing through the ceiling thank heaven For little girls Thank heaven for them all No matter where, no matter who Without them, what would little boys do? Thank heaven Thank heaven Thank heaven For little girls